Hey everyone, this is John. This is Aquarius. And this is Ryan. And this is the Nintendo Show, the best damn Nintendo podcast on the internet. This is going to be the official show for the month of April 2023. So we'll talk about some news and some new releases, take a quick peek into the month of May, see what games are coming out then. It's going to be a good time. Let's get into it. Sure. Uh, so before we get into the news, let's put this podcast in a time capsule. God, dude. I don't even know what's happening. All right. I'm going to tell you what's happening. This is what was happening in the world when we were playing these games and talking about these things. Joe Biden, current president of the United States, announced he's going to re- run for re-election of the United States. So there's that. Okay. And Florida decided to change the rules so that a governor can simultaneously run for president. Yes. Without giving up their office. Which, which was something... How craven and shitty they are. Right, that, that's uh, something that has been a rule in, in Florida where you had to like resign office in order to, to run for a different office. They changed the rules so that uh, our current governor, Ron DeSantis... It's both a full-time job, don't you think? Yeah. You don't think you can half do, do like a half day on either of those things, right? Like, I'm going to do a half day running for the president. I mean, I'm going to do a half day <laughs> running a state of like 40 million people. He essentially has been. Like, mm-hmm. he's been like globe trotting. He was in Japan right? or something? Like, why the fuck is he <laughs> in Japan? Yeah, he, he went to Japan. He went to Korea. No reason. I don't know what it is. What possible business does the governor of Florida have with, with heads of state of different nations? He didn't even meet any heads of state. Nobody wanted to meet him as they shouldn't. Fuck, fucking meatball Ron, man. Oh, and he, uh, there's so many new developments about him. He eats pudding with his fingers. He does? <laughs> yeah, you know, he is, he's a fucking vile, disgusting pudding finger Ron. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, know. They got him eating like he was digging around in a pudding cup with two fingers and licking his fingers. Yeah. Sick, man. <laughs> he's, disgusting, no, man. No. Did he go for political reasons? Like, this is my job. I need to go over here to Korea. He, he's essentially yeah. campaigning while not campaigning because he hasn't announced his run for president. Uh, he should. I am so excited for him to run for president and lose. He's not, he's not going to even get out of the Republican primary. Oh, yeah. He's polling terribly. Like, Trump, Trump would lose a general, but Trump is crushing him right now. Mm-hmm. And also going out of his way to, like, kind of bury him and just drag him across concrete every chance he gets. Which it's delightful Hilarious. to see. It's so fun. I'm going to be so happy when we're finally done with that guy because in the state of Florida, we also have a two-term limit for, for governors, and he is in his second term. So we just have to survive until he's finally fucking gone. Yeah, uh, if uh, you know, if Disney doesn't harvest the carcass as well, Disney <laughs> is currently suing him. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> that that was one of the other things I was going to mention as we as we time capsule this episode. I, I, I heard that was going to come. Disney up. is suing the governor of Florida. Okay. Suing the governor of Florida for violations of the first, fourteenth, and fifteenth amendments. I don't even know what the fourteenth and fifteenth are, but uh, the fourteenth amendment. Yeah. No, I think it was the twelfth citizenship or something like that. I think the twelfth and the thirteenth amendment freed the slaves. So, <laughs> I don't clarify. I don't think it was the 14th. Yeah, it might have been. Ba- basically, they're, they're getting him on a number of things. Uh, just, just that so much of what he's done has been retali- retaliatory, mm. especially his most recent comments about wanting to open a prison next to Disney. Uh, so, so, wanting to for Florida to open its own state-run theme the, park. Like, so, all of this stuff is so obviously... Him using his position... As a political figure to attack a private corporation, he, he, private he's, he, he's he's angry because for for a couple of reasons he's angry. One because Disney has has publicly come out in opposition to a lot of the legisla- legislation he's been passing, particularly legislation that is very anti 
uh, gay, trans, anyone who's different from him. We're going to start this entire tiny little segment by saying Ron DeSantis got married at Disney. Oh, um, yeah, he did. He is a he huge fu- fucking meatball Ron. What a fucking dork. Um, <laughs> and he's the fucking governor. Well, yeah, like, like, uh, okay, I guess this makes sense. I guess with that knowledge, it's kind of... Uh, the 14th Amendment granted citizenship to all persons born or neutralized. Mm. Naturalized. Naturalized, whatever. <laughs> neutralized. <laughs> oh my god. I can't read. In the United States, including formerly enslaved people. Right, so I think the 13th freed the slaves and the 14th made them citizens. Yes. Which is kind of what how you define, like, if you literally, this is so crazy that we have to do this, we have to literally clinically define what it is to be quote-unquote woke. Mm. what wokeism is because this is this word this is their new play word that they love and throw it around everywhere um, but I believe that's what it's supposed to mean is that if you believe that society treats diff- people differently based on their race religion their ethnicity uh, their gender uh, their sexuality um, that whole gamut if you think those inequalities exist that's woke mm. that's that means you're woke so that's probably why it violates the 14th Amendment, is that he clearly defines in his own book what he thinks woke is. Oh, by the way, he has a book. Uh, apparently one of the biggest sources that Disney has when they're going after him is his own autobiography. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but like, this, this whole situation... How, situ- how, how, how far are we in the podcast right now? Oh, hang on a second. <laughs> Take a look at that. We're probably like 10 minutes in. No, no, no. no, no we're, we're, we're like, we're like five <laughs> Nobody gives a shit about Ron <laughs> we're, we're only five minutes Still in. Still fun. Okay, okay. 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 This, this is what we were thinking about when, when, these, <laughs> when these games came out. Um, but, but basically, like, uh, they're, they're suing him, and there's not, like, a good guy in this scenario. Like, fuck Ron DeSantis, but also, like, fuck Disney. They get away with so much in this state... And they, they should pay a little bit more in taxes. I don't trust a Republican administration or legislature to actually do the right thing with the money and taxes they'd be paying. So I guess if I had to choose a side, go Disney. But, like, it's f- fucking Disney. Like, I, yeah, fucking I pay it. your taxes. I don't want to stick up for Disney as much as I, I really want to suppress Ron DeSantis. Mm. <laughs> you know, it's again, really depressed that we need our corporate overlords to do that. And yeah, and it's like, what is it? It's like fifty thousand people in Central Florida are employed by Disney. Mm. This, this and, is, oh, sorry, God. I was, and another hundred and fifty are indirectly employed by them, meaning they like they run the bus lines to get to and from hotels. They work at hotels that aren't affiliated with Disney. Like Disney is such a huge employer, we would be blighted. Like we would be the Southern Detroit if Disney decided tomorrow they're like, "Fuck it, we're done with this." You're paying that billion in bond debt, and we're everyone's fired. You're all fired. Fuck off. We're we're, we're moving. Which to are, Pennsylvania. Which, of course, they would never do. Yeah. Like, they're not leaving Central Florida because, like, the amount of if money... If they wanted which, to be petty, they could. That's the thing, though. Like, the, Disney World is not that big of a piece of the pie. It's huge for them, and the tourism is huge for us here directly in Central Florida, people that live here. But they've got the fuck you money to just say, like, no, you want to economically destroy Florida, you do that. I, I think, like, the, the fuck you money is... A whole lot more than they would be willing to pay up just to say fuck you. Oh, I, I agree. I, it's not something. It would be a last resort for them to do that. It would be a last resort for for them to do that and basically have it be like Ron DeSantis says, "No, the state of Florida now owns all of the Disney properties," and then they say, "That's insane. You can't do that." And then the Supreme Court says, "No, actually, it's fine. The state of Florida is allowed to do that. You don't own these resorts anymore." Then they probably be like, "Okay, let's bring out the bulldozers and destroy this thing." <laughs> 
Like, again, we have to think about it. Like, how, how far could that go? Like, at what point does this become actually enforceable? Hmm. I, again, I don't think this is going anywhere. I think, like, like you're saying, it violates so much of the Constitution <laughs> that, I, I don't know, it's just, it's so insane. Like, you, no other governor or politician could get away with something so absurd that they would attack the state's largest employer. You know, it's like, it would be like the governor of West Virginia saying, uh, no, it'll be illegal for anyone to mine coal, and if you mine coal, you'll be hanged. <laughs> right? Like, that's the equivalent of saying, we're going after Disney. Mm. Fuck you for being woke. <laughs> Is this going to be the new thing with our podcast? Like, hey, welcome to the Nintendo Show. We're going to talk about Pokemon. By the way, fuck Trump and everything about him. And yeah, it wouldn't be the first time we've done that Are we, we just going to switch different politicians every podcast? And just I'm glad you asked, Wes. <laughs> Donald Trump has appeared in oh, civil God. court in New York it. for the alleged sexual assault of E. Jean Carroll. E. Jean Carroll did yes. testify today. Uh, this is a, a civil trial. This is not like someone where if you were found liable, like he'd go to jail. incident in the 90s. Is yeah, that yeah. right? It's been, yeah. It's been yeah, he's, he's passed the, the statute of limitations for the crime of raping this woman, which he definitely did. But yeah, if he's found liable, there'll be a, a civil settlement. He'll have to pay some money, which he doesn't have, um, for this thing that he definitely did. Yeah. Uh, so fuck that guy. But moving on, you guys. Jerry Springer died. Oh my god. Yeah, he was seventy nine. Wow. Yeah. You know, it's it's really anyone under the age of thirty has no idea who that is. <laughs> Yeah, Jerry Springer was that guy whose show you would watch when you were homesick. Mm, yeah, like, you know? it was sort of like a, a, a crass, risque daytime talk show. One of those shows where, as a kid, you're watching, you're like keeping an eye on the door, make sure your parents don't walk in. <laughs> well, you turn the volume his... down when they start chanting Jerry. He, yeah. would, <laughs> he would always have his closing thought, which was always insightful. It yeah. was always like he's trying to lend some gravitas to this event you just saw, which was like, you know, just just families fight like just white trash families fighting or like on this side we're going to put some nazis on the other side we're going to put some black panther members <laughs> this is going to be fun let's have fun i feel like his career did not go the way he was and by the time the jerry springer show happened he was like fuck it this might as well happen it's it's, it's funny that you say that west because his career did not go the way he thought it was I, we're not going to get into it at at any point dear listener at your leisure go ahead and just google jerry springer and find out that he was once mayor of a town and had to resign in disgrace. I did find all right. You'll find out. <laughs> oh, and finally, oh, before we actually get into the great. Nintendo stuff, Microsoft's purchase of Activision Blizzard has been halted by antitrust watchdogs in the UK. In the UK, though. Like, what is the UK going to do about it? Well, see, that that's the thing. If the UK and the European Union, like, if like everyone has to approve this, mm. it's not just something that can just happen in America. These are multinational companies if anyone in this multinational conglomerate or any one of these nations says no this isn't okay that kind of puts the skids on the whole thing um so microsoft is of course going to try to fight this they're not going to give up um i mean to bring just this full yet. circle like did that stop them from letting disney acquire a million other fucking media entities like where where were they then it's good they point. took those by force. Right? <laughs> That's a good point. Why for does it matter now? Mickey Mouse <laughs> in a pirate outfit just burst through their front doors and commandeered the entire place. I think so. It's a fair point. Like I think someone probably should have put the brakes on all those Disney acquisitions too. But here we are. Microsoft for some reason the the UK is like no, nah, that's that's a, a bit of a step too far. I wonder why that would be. Uh, it's um, I mean, because there's clearly competition. Like 
Nintendo's fucking massive. Sony's got their own production studio. It is Sony's kind of, games sell better than Microsoft's, I'd imagine. It is kind of funny that like there's all of this. this They're trying to compete with these other companies right now. All in of terms this of console gaming. All of this hubbub over a, a console manufacturer who's in a distant third place, and everyone's like, "No, no, they need to be stopped." Uh, it's one of those things where it's like you have people that don't know how to use cell phones making laws about how computers work in America. Yeah, you, yeah I think I maybe, maybe some of it is because like Microsoft is so huge on their own already. And admittedly, I haven't looked at this at all. I'm just, I haven't looked into what the actual merits are of, of the UK saying this deal shouldn't go mm-hmm. through. It does seem like Microsoft just has been gobbling up a lot of other developers. Which I don't like out of principle. I don't think that there should be any one company who owns all of this other stuff. Is there going to be, like, a documentary about what happened in, like, April 2023? Because we haven't even talked about Tucker Carlson. He lost oh, He lost his job. Sure did. He got fired over the weekend. Crazy Jesus. I was at Didn't C- even get a closing episode. I was at SeaWorld when this happened. I don't know when this... <laughs> that were names. I, like, Tucker Carlson... He's a Nazi on Fox News. Oh! He, he, he has a Nazi yes. who was on Fox News. <laughs> he has by far the highest rated TV show... It would drive me nuts because he would always rant about like the mainstream media and how they're lying to you. Like you are the mainstream media. You are the highest rated cable news in quotes anchor. Oh yeah, because Fox News had to settle with Dominion, mind you, just one of the myriad lawsuits they're facing. But they just filed or they just settled for eight hundred million. One of the most difficult kinds of cases to prove, uh, Mm -hmm. which is a libel case. And on top of that, Dominion got to basically say, they got to spill everything. They didn't have to, like, withhold anything. Like, Fox News basically said, just let's let's settle and stop talking about this. Here's here's $800 million. You could say that we're bad and put the texts out there. We're not stopping you. And then they fired Tucker Carlson. Thank God. I was at SeaWorld when this happened. I mean, because they fired Bill O'Reilly. Bill O'Reilly only cost them, like... Why are we at SeaWorld? Uh... I have an annual pass to SeaWorld. Yeah, were, you, were you working or took the kids? Like No, we took the kids. SeaWorld's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, right. we, me, and, well, me and Des get them for free with our universal yeah. IDs. And we, we took the kids. We bought them like uh, little annual passes. Cause, uh, little annual they, passes. They, 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 <laughs> little <laughs> annual passes. <laughs> Look at them, they little passes. We have our IDs uh, with our pictures on it. You just throw over the turnstiles. <laughs> 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 but... Um, there's a there's a, a kids area that's got uh, like all these Sesame Street rides and costume characters who walk through and really got a real big kick out of it. Oh, cool! Yeah, yeah. SeaWorld doesn't have a lot of like branded properties, but they do have Sea or they do have a Sesame Street. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, and I, I was so so happy when that guy lost his job. I had to immediately show Des, and Des was like, "Who is that? Like, that's the Nazi on TV." Like, oh yeah, that guy. <laughs> no, he is actually like one of the biggest you know, voices on Fox News and in conservative media. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Rush Limbaugh's dead, but if there was a guy that ever would were to replace Rush Limbaugh, it would be him. Yeah. So. And, you know, he'll obviously keep on doing his own thing, whether he, you know, uh, has his own, like, uh, podcast network or whatever it is he does next. He's, he's not going to shut his dumb fucking face, but he will have a smaller platform on which to do it from now on. Yeah, I mean, look at, like, Joe Rogan or Pat McAfee, who have had success doing what they do within that model. The only thing is, like, do does his boomer audience want to now do that? Hmm. Do they want to? I think that they just like having a TV in their home that they put on Fox News and just 
watch religiously and just let it churn for hour after hour? Do they want to then take the time to like get headphones and listen to a podcast, or, or you find the the outlet that yeah hosts his podcast and go and download it? And, like yeah, it's it's such easier reach to just have that channel on the TV that you can flip to at the same time every night and watch it. Yeah. But that said, yeah, yeah, like he's he'll still be a major player in all of this. It's just uh, what a what a fall from grace and like wow, uh, it took too long and so deserving. Yep, couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. <laughs> <laughs> what a month of new, yeah, like just the not not insane. nothing to do with Nintendo. This was just a wild month. What a fucking month, Jesus Christ. Yeah. So, um, we got some release date updates, fellas, <laughs> for some, hey, some video, video games. games. Hey, hey. there's no link in those. Nintendo, huh? you know. Things. I heard there <laughs> <laughs> so so much so much weird news. You know where things are great on the Nintendo fucking Switch. What a little machine! It just keeps on trucking. Uh, we got some release dates for a couple of games. Super Bomberman R two comes out September twelfth of twenty twenty three. Who cares? Uh, I played the first one. I liked it just fine. Um, yeah. It was a launch Switch game. So like this and Breath of the Wild were the two games I was playing. You know, fucking six years ago at this point. Uh, me and my my buddy Pedro at work, we would like set up the switch in one of the break rooms, and we'd take a little Joy-Con controller and play some Bomberman. It was a good time. And then the I have friends outside of us. Did uh, you approve this? No, Pedro is imaginary. Yes, so. I was just about to say. <laughs> he puts two Joy Cons on the table and plays one with each hand. <laughs> um, and the, the the remake of Front Mission Two is out on June second. If anyone likes those those mech games, Wes, you like those mech games. You got those little models. Thanks, appreciate it. <laughs> Anytime. Yeah. yeah. We got some new game announcements. Trine Five. Did you guys know there was a Trine Four? Yes. Here comes Trine Five. I actually played a Trine game recently and really yeah. enjoyed it. I think it was th- maybe three. Hmm. It was either three or four? Could have been four. But yeah, it was on sale and it was really really fun. I would actually like to work my way through the Trines. They're pretty cool. We tried. It must have been trying two on Wii U. Maybe the trying two. That sounds about right. Yeah. Um, but I've I totally lost track. I had no idea the series was still going. Good for them. Yeah. Good yeah. for them. There was also that indie world showcase where a bunch of things got announced. I'll go rapid fire here. If there's something that you guys want to talk about, flag me down, and we'll spend some time discussing. Maneko's Night Market is out September 26th. My time at Sandrock this summer. Plate up in October. You guys gonna manage a restaurant? Mm-hmm. Exciting. Gonna manage yeah. maybe? No. Okay. Yeah. The it's hospitality a, industry. It's a roguelite chef game. Yes. I barely like roguelites. Period. <laughs> uh, you you like uh, Hades and Dead Cells? Yeah. Next is gonna be plate up. <laughs> oh, and um, the the Cult of the Lamb. You like that one too? Yeah, that is a roguelite. Yeah, I do like Cult of the Lamb. Uh, quilts and cats of calico this fall. Wait, wait. Do you sacrifice your your kitchen ch- staff? I think you do in whatever order to you, empower your meal. I think you do whatever you want. Oh man, um, that may get me. Rift of the Necro Dancer is out this year at some point. Exciting. Yeah, you guys seem to be pretty interested in that one. Kind of a, a seems like kind of maybe a rapid fire sort of rhythm. Did you just blow past this quilts and calico thing? Please take us away. Oh, this looks delightful. We were just talking about how there hasn't been a Nintendo Dogs. Mm, recently sure. and you know like the, yeah the live action the two people are there and they're like hey we actually own cats like so <laughs> that's not remarkable lots of people own cats <laughs> exactly <laughs> it's like if we have any agency over this kind of game 
I mean, yeah, like you, you play fucking Dark Souls, but those guys aren't wizards. <laughs> you know? It's like these are cats. And if they, are, and if they think they <laughs> And if they think they are, they're dorks. <laughs> It's, I just it's, like that these are very realistic looking cats wandering across a board game. <laughs> uh, anything else about those that game? Uh, $59.99 at launch, worth buying. Is it really? I'm kidding. I'm oh, kidding. Okay. I was about to say, what the hell? Oh. Uh, Richard the Neko Dancer also looked pretty cool. Uh, it's got like some Guitar Hero kind of uh, stages. It doesn't look like that's the exclusive gameplay. That's like a part of it. But like how you have like incoming enemies and sort of laid out like uh, strings on a guitar, and you playing it uh, with uh, with the rhythm of the game, and some enemies will take multiple hits. Do you some use the will... face buttons or do you use the triggers? Like how does that actually going to work? It <clears> looks <throat> like it might be the face buttons. I don't know. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there's like a left and right inputs that they want to do at the same time, which you can't really do that on D pad. Oh, that's a good point. Maybe they're using shoulders. I don't know. I suck at rhythm games. So, <laughs> are you going to be great at this? Except uh, Elite Beat Agents. I kicked ass on that game. It actually uh, feels a little bit like her. Some of the gameplay of the boss levels, at least, feel a little bit like a, like a punch out. Hmm. Like, oh, sure. Yeah, like, like how you boss, yeah. your boss in front of you. And Dodging like, out of the way. It does yeah, look yeah. like that. Okay. So, I don't know. This looks, I like it. Looks like fun. Yeah, for sure. Uh, a little to the left, got some DLC coming out next month. So, you can organize some stuff if you feel like it. Mm-hmm. Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeons also get some DLC this spring. Cult of the Lamb has some DLC that came out a few days ago, actually, at the time of recording. So you mm-hmm. can dip back into that one if you feel like it. Animal Well is coming to the Switch at some point next year. This one looked really interesting to me. Kind of a, a minimalistic pixel art style game. Mm-hmm. Um, it reminded me a bit of a game called Knit Underground that I played back on Wii U, where it just kind of threw you into this this 2D size-growing pixel art game. You really weren't sure what your goals were. You had to like look around and just kind of find stuff. Um, I don't know. I got that's the kind of vibe that I got from this game. I don't know if it's supposed to be like primarily like a platformer or adventure game. Uh, well, we'll probably know more as it uh, gets closer. Crime O'Clock is coming out on June 30th. Wes, you mentioned you might be interested in this one. It looked interesting. Kind of like a, you compared it to like a Carmen San Diego kind of thing. Um, yeah, because I'm not exactly sure what the gameplay is. I don't know either. It just looks like objectives pop up on the map, but I don't know what you're doing. Yeah, what do you do with those like little objective notes? I really dig the art style, like yeah. the, the monochromatic. And I like that um, things that you're doing... You know, in, in one time period will affect the other ones and open up new quests and stuff. Just not sure what you're doing on those quests. Mm-hmm. Seems to be crucial information. Anyway. Maybe they're being uh, purposely obtuse. Maybe. Just, uh, maybe. Yeah. Maybe it's just like a, a geography quiz disguised as a game like Carmen San Diego was. Yeah. So. I always t- lost that Carmen too. <laughs> Yeah, like you're supposed to pay attention to the stuff before the quiz, and I never do. And then the quiz pops up, and like, oh, suck. Yeah, yeah, nothing. Yeah, well, there there were like a a finite amount, and I remember this game because um, back when I was in third or fourth grade, there was a computer in our classroom. How fancy was that? (laughs) And one of the only things you could do on it was play Where in the World Is Carmen San Diego. And me and a buddy of mine, we would play Carmen San Diego. We played it so many times that we eventually just memorized the answer to every solution. And like, oh, it looks like she went to the loo. Like, we gotta go to Paris. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
And then there was that game show. Well, you're probably too young to remember the Carmen Cindio game show, Ryan. Do you oh, remember I remember that? that show. Oh, do you really? Oh, I remember that show. They had that catchy theme song. I can't really remember where in the world is <laughs> Carmen San Diego. Precisely. Yeah. There's I don't remember a that. Animated series. I don't remember that. There was that too. <clears throat> there's a game show. Mm-hmm. There was yeah. a time where Carmen San Diego was big. Yeah. There, there, there was a game show, and uh, uh, school children were coming to the game show and answer fucking geography quiz questions and. Like one of the final things you had to do was a, a giant map of the United States on the floor. And like she went to Cheyenne, you had to run to the fucking Wyoming and put the little peg in the, in the ground. Like uh, now she's in the Everglades, you had to run to Florida and put the thing down. Um, and you win a shitty prize or something. But it, it's uh, <laughs> it's actually really fascinating how that show came into existence. We won't get into it. Go onto YouTube and Google the Carmen San Diego TV. You're teasing TV. us so much right now. <laughs> well, First Jerry Springer and now Carmen San Diego. I, 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 come on. <laughs> we'll talk about it on the mini show. <laughs> it's like if our retro show wasn't old enough. Here's some, here's some relics that John has dusted off. Here's the, the 30 <laughs> year old Next week is going to be um, about Legends of the Hidden Temple. Do you guys know that I used to work at sure. Blockbuster? <laughs> One of my friends was on Legends of the Hidden Temple. Yeah? Yeah, that's pretty cool. Didn't like, worked well. there? Didn't do well. Oh. He was a temple guard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, had a, I had a Silver Snake shirt. Nice. It's gone now, but mm-hmm. I wasn't on the show. I just bought it because I wanted it. How I long ago was that? I got root for the team. It's actually one of like, the easiest low-effort Halloween costumes yeah, just go buy, buy one of those shirts and some some khaki cargo shorts and a, just a bike helmet. And elbow and pads and there you go. And you, yeah, you, for fifty bucks you've thrown together an outfit. I would get like one of those wrestling singlets and be an American Gladiator. Yeah, I don't see why not. What other old things can we reference? I, I would pay money to see you wear wrestling singlets. Don't be creepy. <laughs> Tesla Grad Two Shadow Dropped. It is out now. I played the first one. I stuck this one in the wish list. Looks interesting enough. Uh, the thing that I remember about the first one is it a like surprisingly long game. Overstated its welcome just a little bit. Um, I don't know, maybe they they tightened it up for the second one a little bit. But it's a lot of uh, physics puzzles. One of the key things in the first one was you like you had these magnetic gloves and you would reverse the polarity in order to like attract yourself to a surface or repel yourself away from it. Oh, I think I remember watching you play this game actually. Now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah, it was creepy. You were just like sitting behind the couch in the dark. Yeah. I wasn't even living with you at the time. Yeah. I was just there. It was real weird. <laughs> uh, Shadows Over Loathing. Also Shadow Dropped. This is the monochromatic like stick figure game. It is a sequel or within the same franchise. Of the West same of Loathing? West of Loathing. Yeah. Which is an interesting little game. Kind of um almost a roguelike RPG where the places you would go to kind of open up randomly on your on your world map. So it was uh, non-linear in the way that you're playing through the game and accepting quests and stuff. Interesting little game. Um, the difficult, difficulty curve was a bit weird, though, because of the way the game opened up, there would be places that you could go to that ended up being harder than the final boss of the game. A bit strange, but... You know, interesting enough concept. It didn't take itself seriously. A really silly game, if that's what you're looking for. Blasphemous 2 is out this summer. Why did you ever play the first one? I played a bit of it. I do own it. It's uh, one of the many games I would like to get back to one day, but mm. probably won't. Ryan, did you ever play this one? I actually I bought it on sale yeah. um, maybe six months ago, six or seven months ago. I don't even think I booted it up yet. It was just one of those ones where it was like three yeah. or four bucks, and I was like, eh, 
I know it by its reputation, so mm, I'll same. check it out at some point. Yeah, it seems like the kind of game you guys would like. Yeah, it's a Souls-like game. Uh, really nice pixel art, TV 2D. side-scroller, yeah. Like, really occult art style to it. Very. Uh, Oxenfree 2 Lost Signals is out July 12th. I played the first one. I liked it well enough. It's a very narrative-heavy game, though. It's almost strictly like a, a text adventure with some like walking simulator stuff to it, too. So not exactly my style game, but I liked it well enough the first time around. I might stick this one on the wish list and wait for a sale. Ryan, you might like this kind of game. Looks pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, it's got... Um, like the, these narrative elements uh, in the first one where, you know, you, someone will, like, prompt you and it'll be, like, spoken dialogue. Um, but you can actually, like, respond and interrupt them while in the middle of the dialogue. And the way that you respond, like, the timing of your responses and the, the dialogue that you choose to respond with kind of uh, affects the way people respond to you in the game. So, like, if you're interrupting them being snarky all the time, they won't like you as much and it'll change the way they talk to you. It's an interesting way of handling, like, dialogue trees. Hmm. Paper Trail is out in August. Little Kitty Big City is out sometime next year. It just, it looks like a lower effort on Goose Game. I did get some Goose Game, but I didn't get the low effort vibe. I think it looked kind of nice. You just look around digging through trash cans and stuff. It's not like I'm... It's not like I'm starting the lawnmower to cause the farmer to go over there and then trip him, steal his glasses in order to use the sun to break the rope and murder the kid. I, I don't know. We, I, we I never played that game. That escalated. <laughs> <laughs> I never played that game, but I always got... It's just always like you're doing shit to build on shit to just ruin people's days. I yeah. Play, I need to play that game. That yeah, game we'll, look fun. We'll, we'll see. I think that uh, it's, it's got some potential. It's not out until next year, but Goose Game, like you were saying, it... Um, there, there is a level of assholery to it. Like you gotta trap the kid into a phone booth so that you can get someone to come out to let him out, and then break into the TV shop. Well, we'll see if it's that kind of game. It looks a bit more like exploration based. Though. Yeah, just kind of wandering around and stuff. It, it yeah, it looks like a, a lower key, or maybe something game. like uh, like a short hike, like that game. A mm-hmm. uh, chance of Sinar is out September fifth. Bro Tato is out sometime this year. That's on the running for best uh, best named game. That's a good one. <laughs> Escape Academy Complete Edition is this fall. Five Nights at Freddy's Security Breach is out now. Got shadow dropped, so hooray. Yay. And Bomb Rush Cyberfunk got a release date for August 9th. This is one that was featured at a previous Indie Direct. Looks kind of neat. Uh, of course, taking a lot of uh, inspiration from Jet Set Radio back on the uh, Dreamcast. Yeah. There we go. That's an indie direct. Probably a couple of things that uh, stood out to me. But. Silk Song? Uh, no Silk Song. Mm, okay. <laughs> it, it's funny because uh, in the Discord group, anytime there's a um, an indie direct. Uh, I put the idea there. Is this where they're going to shadow drop Silk Song? And now it's just a running joke that they're never going to release Silk Song. That See, game's not it's real. unfortunate. So Bugs invaded the Netherlands, and so now you know we we can't do it. We have to be sensitive about it. How topical. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's do some new releases, fellas. Here we go. Um, but first, some current events. I'm joking. There's no current events. Oh, <laughs> uh, um, um, not uh, not technically a new release. It came out back in February, but I had I've started playing Fatal Frame. Um, Ryan, have you started it up yet? I have not. 
I have been playing a game we can talk about, but sadly that's that remains sealed in its box. Stand by. We'll tag it in a second here. Um, I like it. I am through uh, chapter eight, which is about seventy-five percent of the game. So, and as you expect, you are going through this this haunted area, and there are ghosts that pop out at you. And you take pictures of them in order to send them off to the netherworld or whatever as they go next. Was one of them like a haunted like theme park or carnival or something like that? Because I remember something like a carousel. You're wandering around it. Am I thinking of a different game? I think you might be thinking of a different game. That's not ringing a bell. Okay, I'm wrong. The the sequel to this, which came out on Switch before this, um, Maiden of Blackwater, you were in like this this haunted forest, and there were different like places in the forest that you would go to, uh, like a, a, a cable car station, a shrine, uh, that kind of thing. Whereas this one is primarily indoors or in this haunted hotel, like Luigi's Mansion. Oh. Uh, then there are... Uh, that would be a cool crossover. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Fatal Luigi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was really good. <laughs> <laughs> and in these these different uh, phases or chapters of the game, you are playing as different characters, and you kind of you're going through a lot of like the same environmental areas, but you'll enter different rooms as different characters and encounter uh, different ghosts, uncover new pieces of the story if that's what you're interested in. Uh, but they do a really good job of uh, setting this really creepy, tense atmosphere. Um, there, there are some things that they do to uh, help ease that tension. For example, in Fatal Frame, there's like a, uh, a point system that turns into the, the economy of the game to like buy better film for your camera, which does more damage, or buy healing items when you get to a save point. Um, and you do that by efficiently dispatching of ghosts and there are also just ghosts that are that are wandering around they kind of lead you to your next like goal point where you're supposed to go next you're following these these apparitions that will appear and those ones you can take pictures of not to dispel them but in order to get a few more points that you can put in your bank to buy more stuff and they will indicate on your little ghost radar. Um, it'll be like yellow if it's something that you're supposed to just take a quick picture of within a limited time window and follow. Or it'll be, it'll be a, a red indicator on your radar if it's actually something hostile to you that you're going to need to uh, buckle down and get ready to defeat. So, the and the, you know the mechanics are all pretty simple they do a bit more intricate stuff in maiden of black water with like trying to chain shots together and this one is pretty much a point and shoot and if you want to get really fancy you can wait for them to come at you and attack in which case you take a photo just before they land the hit to do your fatal frame which gives you like one or two extra free shots to get in um or uh, uh and do extra damage so the, the thing that's a bit frustrating at times in this game is because you are in this haunted hotel, you are dealing with some pretty narrow corridors, and ghosts, being ghosts, can go through walls. So a lot of times you're in a very confined space, and especially when you have to deal with more than one, it can be frustrating to be like, okay, uh, there's one, it should be coming at me from this direction, but now it's within a wall, so now you have to like run and reposition yourself, and if they've got you surrounded, it can be annoying to try to get yourself into a spot where you can actually start doing damage again. The uh, game, for the most part, looks pretty nice. There are some textures that aren't particularly great, but, you know, it's it's not a game where I had 
high expectations because this is like a, a D tier franchise. It's impressive that it still even exists. Uh, but it, it definitely looks better than the original version, which came out on Wii originally. So they, they've done some work to update the visuals. Character models look a lot better. And the, the visuals look good enough to where it's like a nice, creepy environment. Um, and oh, it's, the, the controls, you know, when you're like moving around exploring a bit wonky there are some times where you know if you're trying to like pick something up off the ground that's really close to you like the the, the controls are context sensitive so you're trying to like get yourself into the right position where you can press the button to actually pick up the thing and it can be a bit finicky to get yourself into the right spot in order to pick up those things or position yourself against a ghost so could have used a little bit more work there but I haven't been in a situation where the controls have completely double-crossed me and I've lost because of it. Overall, having a good time. Not an amazing game, but not an amazing franchise either. It, it, it's, it's what I expected it to be. Mm-hmm. Ryan, what was yours that you had? So there's a sale that's still ongoing, I think, but um, <clears throat> I got the game Dying Light. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. I have. Yeah, so uh, this was like a big like triple a title back in the day but back in the day is like 2015 it's a pretty old game actually so it's been out for a while um but the version that you're getting for like ten dollars on switch is like the complete exhaustive one with a bunch of dlc expansion packs and play modes and stuff like that i don't know i was just uh i, I literally and i hate to say i did this i literally brought up the thing to buy advance wars and then i looked at the 60 dollar title and it was side by side with like Dying Light for $10, and I'm like, what is Dying Light actually, what is this? And mm-hmm. I just looked at a few screenshots, and I was like, I think I would rather spend one-sixth of the money and try this thing out, as opposed to playing Advance Wars. Got a sticker shock? And I love Advance Wars, so, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's 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 beside the point. No, yeah, so I got this, this Dying Light game, because I just, it was a survival horror game, I thought I'd give it a shot and see what I think of it. Um... And it's really, really fun. Um, I think it's, it's a very cool game. It definitely is a kind of last-gen. It feels like a PS4 kind of game, I guess. Um, runs real smooth on Switch, though. It looks pretty good on Switch, too. So, yeah. Uh, the pre- Basically, like, compared to a lot of other survival horror games, you know, where it's like you're surrounded by stuff that can kill you, I think that what this game does that makes it special from like your other kind of run-of-the-mill style of survival horror game is that this one has really solved the motion of the game. Like the movement in the game is fantastic. They managed to make moving in the game its own game. Like think about like as much as we love Resident Evil, those old Resident Evils had their tank controls, you know, and it's like, oh my god, this feels so wonky and weird. They basically made this game so that it's half zombie survival game and half parkour. Um, there's literally an entire... Like, there's three different ways you build your character, and one of them is literally your capacity to do parkour. <laughs> um, and you explore this giant city. It's supposed to, I guess, resemble, like, Southern California, I guess? I don't know. But it's lots of buildings, so you got to run around and jump all over the place, and you can improve your capacity in that as much as you can improve your capacity in combat or um, in your ability to just sort of explore the world. Um... The gameplay loop is really inviting. It's so much fun um, to just sort of poke and prod around the world. Like, you know, you're just going through there, and it's like, well, for starters, like, think of the ground as, like, lava. The ground is hot fucking lava. There are zombies everywhere. You know, even if you know how to handle them, 
Like they will, it just can be so overwhelming sometimes. There's just constantly there, and you've got these things swarming in on you. That if you're just climbing up the sides of buildings and you're on another floor, it's it's like safe there. And then you can kind of look around and be like, okay, I think I can get to there, or I can use that to get to here. You know, and it gives you that kind of Spider-Man style fun of just like traversing the environment. Um, then, you know, as you're doing it, kind of uh, exploring and br- breaking into these abandoned buildings and trying to find all this neat stuff to craft items in the game. Um, just again, a very, very inviting, fun to play uh, game. Um, I think the only, my only real complaint about the game, honestly, is that it is the most vanilla, boring fucking narrative. Like, yeah. They made no effort to do anything to spice up this narrative. Can you skip all. the cutscenes? I have not skipped one yet. Okay. But you can, yeah, sure. There's always a button. Yeah, perfect game, then. Well done. Yeah, it's just that um, it would have been interesting for there to have been some stakes or at least a better developed character. You, you are basically like the whole Mary Sue. You are, you are just this, you know, Clark Kent good guy who just sort of shows up and just does what he's told to do, runs the errands for all of these other people to kind of, you know, do things like get them medicine and stuff like that. And your character is just so uniformly vanilla good you never and never is there even a point to make a branching decision in the game it's like there's never that point where it's like okay do I want to save this one kid or do I want to save a bunch of anti-venom that could cure a hundred kids like that never never do even grapple with a decision like that you literally just do the thing the game tells you to do are most of like is it most like the gameplay doing like quests for people like that essentially the, the, as I understand the whole narrative is like you're going undercover with a resistance team to find out where they're getting this supply of a anti-venom. I think it's the Fireflies. Uh, yeah, something like that. Uh, it's a different game. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's... Uh, yeah. like, I, And I, I'm only, like, maybe eight, eight or nine hours in. I feel like I've done a lot in the eight or nine hours I've played the game. But, yeah, just in terms of just doing the story mode stuff, it's it's all... Yeah, you're basically like part of a ragtag group and you're trying to figure out who's in charge and you're trying to out them to this other sinister, seemingly sinister organization that you're working for. Like, I don't know, it's 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 not it's not a compelling narrative and the character is just so dull. Just like so uh, generic like every man. It would have been nice to have, have, have them done something to spice it up. I tell an interesting story. Um... But other than that, yeah. And, like, if you look at their reviews, that's what everyone says. They're like, the gameplay's fantastic. The parkour stuff is so much fun. The combat's really cool. Like, again, that, that's one of the most fun things is just getting some items, getting some basic items, and then just sort of, you know, building other items out of the from the stuff you find in the world. Like, you could basically, like, one of the funnest items I made was I found, like, a police baton. I ended up turning it into, essentially, this, this um, almost like a samurai sword. You know, and it's you get the item. Oh, and all the items have durability. It's kind of like the um, Breath of the Wild rules, where stuff breaks. Stuff breaks real fucking fast, and you need to be ready to switch to the next thing. But what you can do is modify the items. And I held off on modifying for way longer than I should have because, like, if if it did like base thirty eight damage, the simplest modification to upgrade it to another usable item went from like 58 damage to like 240. It was a huge, oh, huge increase in the damage. Does that kind of like reset your durability too? Um, you get repairs, quote unquote okay. repairs, using some uh, farmable items mm. in the game too. But then, even then, 
there's only a certain number of repairs and certain items don't allow repairs. Mm. So you get them and you use them and you're done. And like, if you just sat, sat there fighting off zombies, an item will not last for more than a couple of minutes. Mm. And I've done that. Like I go through just, just wave after wave. And, and uh, I don't want to get too much into the mechanics of the game. Like it's, it's 10 bucks. Fucking get the game and try it. If, if you, it's, it's really worth it. I think for $10, there is so much like triple a game for that price tag. It really is impressive. But that is one of the things where it's it's three, you know, do you want to be the stealthy sneak around collector of items? Do you want to be the parkour master? Do you want to be uh, the uh, on-the-ground grit fighter? The game lets you play it however you want. You could never kill a zombie, or you could kill every single zombie. It's just, what's your what's your flavor? So, um, oh, and yeah, you skill, skill trees for each one of them, so you get all these little fun little things you can do to poke around with skill trees. Um, really impressed. Really good game. Very cool. I'll stop there. Wes, you got anything you want to bring to the table? I got nothing. Okay. I'm useless. You don't play games? Nope. What are those? Fair enough. (laughs) Let's uh, keep going with the new releases then. Uh, Let's let's go rapid fire through some of them here. Grim Grimoire once more was on the second. The Fire Emblem Engage Fell Xenologue DLC came out on the seventh. That is the fourth wave of DLC. I think that concludes the DLC for Fire Emblem. Pretty funny how they're able to get all that DLC out so quickly. Yeah, it's, it's odd. I, I mean, they're that. just really working overtime. Mm. So, you know. It's almost like some of it was probably already done. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I'm going to set some time aside to play through this Fire Emblem DLC after Zelda because it does look pretty substantial. It looks pretty good. Um, kind of puts you in a, a dark timeline, alternate universe, and you actually get to like recruit some of the villain characters in Engage. Uh, to in, into your party. Why did you ever finish Engage? I did not. Okay, you'll get there. But like, add that to the list of just. I'm uh, gonna. I'm, I'm setting some time aside to play through this DLC as well as the Xenoblade DLC uh, after Zelda because the Xenoblade DLC came out on the 25th, just a couple of days ago, and it was like the big, like uh, end of DLC, big like new expansion. Uh, called Future Redeemed, and it is. It seems like pretty substantial. Like I'm seeing like anywhere between like 15 to 20 hours to oh, play wow. through this deal. Yeah, it's like a full game for some genres. It's like uh, what, like gold? Torna. Yeah, Torna. Torna. Except Torna, because it like required you to play through all the side quests, it took like 30 or 35 hours to get yeah. through. Yeah. Oh, required you to play there? I don't remember that. Yeah, in order to wait, say that again. I know, I know where you're going with this. It's not really side quests if you have to do them. <laughs> That is, yeah. that is exactly where I was going. They were labeled as side quests, but in order to actually get to the end of the game, you had to finish them all. Yeah, it's an auxiliary primary component of the game. Right. <laughs> but anyway, both, both of those expansions came out uh, this month, and I'll get to them after Zelda and report back. Wes, do you ever finish Xenoblade 3? No. Oh, it's so good, Wes. I can't finish games for some reason. What's the last game with me? Um, Cult of the Lamb. I know this. Well, no, I did not finish Cult of the Lamb. Finish a game. Harry Potter. I'll get back to you. I can't remember. I haven't finished Harry Potter. I keep moving on. Like I put, I put so much time in games so fast. I burn myself out, mm. and then I try something else. Just you know, give myself a breather, and then I just don't go back to the other. What's the <laughs> shortest game you play? The shortest game I've well, Con- Contra Three, not Contra Three. Maybe Contra Three in like twenty minutes. Um. Well, this, the, the other day I played through Mario Three. That's not a super long game. I did beat a game recently. I can't remember why it was. Like you, you, you are allowed to play games however you want. I if appreciate they, that. Just, just have fun. 
if it's funner for you to just like, okay, now let's do the next thing. You don't have to finish them if you don't want to. But just because I, I have it, like obsessive. I feel bad that I can't. No, don't feel bad. There's games I want to see these endings. Just, just because I'm obsessive about finishing games doesn't mean everyone has to be. I just, I just, I go so hard on games, I just burn myself out of them. That's I why see. I just clock like 100 hours on one game. Mm. You know, I just find a game and then just play it a fuck ton. So that way I don't have that pressure of actually feeling like I need to complete it. Yeah. I did start I mean, I put uh, a lot of time into these games and stuff. But. I did start a run through of the original NES Legend of Zelda the other day and I got to the seventh dungeon of nine. But um, then Advance Wars came out, so I had to shelve that. I might go back to it and finish it. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm thinking about it, I think I need to finish it. But it's a game I played more. And then that game doesn't take very long. If uh, you know you know where things are. I finished Lost in Random. Why on earth did oh, I finish right. that game? Because you were having fun. Yeah. It was probably like a low impact. It was very low impact. It was very easy. Um, Mega Man Battle Network Legacy Collection came out on the 14th. You going to get... Uh, no. Some Battle Network? No. Okay. Uh, Minecraft Legends was out on the 18th. I don't know what that is. So, I... It's probably like the last Minecraft Legends. I, I don't know. Is that like the isometric one that's sort of like a dungeon crawler? It's a dungeon crawler. It looks kind of like... Um, I hate making this comparison because of bad memories, but Gauntlet, where it's that top-down kind of view and you're just running through mobs. What bad memories could you possibly associate with Gauntlet? No, no, no. We're not... I've said it once. <laughs> I'm not going back to this story. Moving on. Okay. But... <laughs> It's one of those kind of games where you kind of pick your class, but your class is kind of irrelevant, and then it's just... I played it with my nephew. Make an irrelevant choice right yeah. at the start. Uh, and then you're just kind of fighting through the skeletons and grievers and stuff as you go through these levels. Yeah, um, it's a Microsoft game, right? A Microsoft yeah. game, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mojang. Sorry, I always... That's who made Minecraft and everything. Do, do you mean Mahjong? Uh, no, it's Mojang. Yeah, it's pronounced Mahjong. Is it about Mojang? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Minecraft people. <laughs> yep. Uh, there were some Sega Genesis games added to the Nintendo Switch Online app. Uh, Street Fighter Two. If you want to play an inferior version of that game, go ahead and do that. Is it World Warriors? Yeah, World Warriors. I mean, World Warriors is like the way to play that. Honestly, but the the second Genesis version of that game, oh, you're no. working with three buttons, three phase buttons. Ew, so I don't even know how they have That's it set early. up. How you like switch between like your your fierce, medium, str- uh, quick with they just pro- the three fingers. probably just double tap. Or, or, you gotta, like, to... or you gotta like reach over and press the select button. Ugh, which, yeah, I don't think there's an elegant solution to that. As, yeah, not it, as a foot pedal. You gotta buy that. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, like in the, the lifespan of the, the Sega Genesis, Sega got wise to this sort of thing and actually released a Sega Genesis controller with six face buttons, which would have been a great way to play Street Fighter. Yeah. That would be more like an arcade cabinet. Mm-hmm. God, the fact that it requires six buttons. God. Well, yeah, you have your, what was it, your punch and your kicks? Short, medium, fierce. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one's punches and one's kicks, yeah. Which, you know, the, the Super Nintendo was able to sort of get away with it with uh, the shoulder buttons. Mm-hmm. You had six buttons to your disposal, but not like super, not super elegant, too. And keep in mind, like, everyone behaved differently. Like, it was like six different animations, whether you're crouching, standing, you can hold backwards and forward, sometimes moves are different. Your vertical jump is a different attack than mm-hmm. your forward or backwards jump. Like, oh, that game... If, if you're rising... Oh, so articulate. The, com- the combat in that game is so fucking cerebral for mm. its time. Like, it's so good. It is so good. Yeah, it's really uh, an amazing like accomplishment to like nail a fighting game that early on and 
video games. Yeah. I mean, it, it wasn't like the, the, the fighting game it was more like an arcade genre back at the time but like the console fighting games that were sort of its contemporaries were or, or came out shortly before Street Fighter were games like fucking like Double Dragon and Urban Champion like really primitive stuff it yeah. was like a huge leap but anyway, the, the other Sega Genesis games were uh, Kid Chameleon, Flicky, and Pulse Man. I know almost nothing about these Genesis games except that Pulse Man was developed by Game Freak. Mm. Oh. Yeah. It's a funny one. Did you do something other than Pokemon? Yeah, there's a pre-Pokemon. Oh. Yeah. It'd be funny if like Pulse Man ended up being an actual Pokemon in the game. That'd be, that'd be really cool. Mm-hmm. It'd be a nice reference. Knowing nothing about what Pulse Man actually is, I think that would be delightful. I think it was, I'm pretty sure it was pre-Pokemon. It would have had to be because Pokemon was 90... 697 in Japan and by that point the Sega Genesis would have been just about done mm-hmm. anyway unless it was a late Genesis game so the Final Fantasy Pixel Remasters came out on April the 19th 1 through 6 you can get them all now yeah. you can buy them all at the same time for 75 bucks if you want I would suggest getting the one that you really like I'm going to get Final Fantasy 6 pretty soon and then wait for the rest to go on sale Square Enix likes to do sales they will eventually go on sale so Wes, yes. you can now buy Final Fantasies 1 through 12, excluding 11, on Switch. We're gonna Which go, is wonderful. We're going to go rapid fire here. X2. And you are going to give <laughs> your recommendation, and Ryan too, if you want to chime in. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Real quick, rapid fire, if you should buy them or not. Okay. See, I don't know 1 through 6 well. Not, so. not, not you personally. Just like make a recommendation for the listener. See, I, I don't know one through six, so I really can't make a recommendation. Tell them yes those. or no. Should they buy one? Yes. Two. No. Three. Yes. Four. Mm. Yes. Five. No. Six. Yes. Seven. Yes. Eight. Eh. <laughs> no, make a decision. Uh, yen? <laughs> yeah, no. Nine. Yes. Ten. Yes. Ten two. Oddly enough, yes. I feel like people need to experience this pain. Twelve. God no. <laughs> I think I agree mostly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you should not buy two. How about your recommendation? Let's do one. Yes. <laughs> two. No. Three. No. Four. Yes. Five. No. Six. Yes. Seven. Yes. Eight? No. <laughs> Nine? Twice. <laughs> Ten? Yes. Ten, two. Nope. <laughs> and twelve? Twelve? Mm, no. Twelve's bad. Twelve's bad. <sighs> twelve is a neat idea, but I, I, I kind it, of like... It's trash and they should feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like associate twelve with eight because like I appreciate that you tried something different. Please don't do that again. I mean, but, it was just like a fucking wallpaper corridor. That's all the game was. Mm. <laughs> well, my, my biggest problem with 12 is... I think we've talked about this game on the show before. My Maybe biggest not. problem with 12 is like the, they have the, the gambit system where you're kind of like programming your, your party members to behave certain ways in really specific situations. But because you have all this freedom with... You can take anybody into any class and uh, everyone can know every skill... Um, they have to calibrate the game to any sort of difficulty because you might have made some really dumb decisions and be rolling with three healers. So they have to calibrate the game to that. So they can't ever get really specific. Like, no, you need to have this sort of build with this class and this party member in order to take on this boss. They 
almost did that with one particular boss early in the game who was only weak to like arcane magic. So you had to have someone who was who, who knew some of that in order to beat it. But then after that, as long as you were rolling with two DPS and a healer, you could just eventually beat any boss. And by eventually, I mean you could set down your controller and walk away. And they had so many fun races and character designs and oh yeah, like there are all these like lizard people and crocodiles and like bunny people and all like these weird like mutant alien like pig things. And you played as four white people. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, fuck that game. Yeah. So, Ryan, stick up for 10 too. Oh, uh, yeah, you don't have to go through the whole list. Don't buy any of them. <laughs> uh, yeah, buy 10 too, because that's about a pop band. Who doesn't love pop music? And then also, do get Tactics in Advance. I don't think it's available yet, but yeah, as, as soon as it's available, definitely get that. Why, why would they give you all of this garbage and then not give you Tactics in Advance? Because you, uh, you, you need no response, no, no idea. No, I, I really have no love for the Final Fantasy franchise. I wouldn't even recommend Fi- Final Fantasy X. I literally started playing it and got tired of it. Oh, no. Let's fall. Like, yeah, I got tired of it because it was like an hour and a half into the game of unskippable cutscenes before oh, yeah. I got to do a fucking thing. And I'm just like, I don't have time for this. It's just like, I do not have time for this. I'm moving on with my life. Getting to a point. Cause then when I was like 17 years old and time was infinite... Like, it was great. I loved it. I got all the ultimate weapons and everything. Like, if, if you've got that many hours of just, just, like, sit there and watch some pretty, you know, cliche-looking anime stuff, it's fine. I, even, even after you get to the point where you get to Besaid Island and uh, you, you, you go through, like, the whole first trial, then you have to go to the, the, the town where you go through the Blitzball tournament and you have to go through all that, and you don't actually get to start engaging with the game with any like until meaning, after Blitzball until after Blitzball you get to the high road yeah and it takes so long to get there it is such a slog and like a, a game like Twilight Princess takes a lot of flack because like oh it takes so long to get out of the first town Final Fantasy X it takes so long to actually engage with the parts of the game that you want to like the battle system because it's really fucking good I mean I'm sure they were very proud of, of what they did mm-hmm. that feels it does as a game in that time frame I remember it felt so next gen it felt so new yeah. like this is like the most pristine high def game I've ever seen in my life you know but going back and playing it I would love it if right off the bat they're like do you want to just go to where you finished the first this ball game and now you can actually start playing yeah like, if that was an option 100 times out of 100 I would do it uh, the, the most fun I mean, I'd still enjoy it I, I like it too I go through all of that the, I, I, I like it it's just you do it's, it it's you do like it you were dropped into that world and now you got to figure out how it is and you're learning about the world it's a getting along I mean well, you just do it and then two hours later tell me how rewarding that felt, was I, I like it when, when, when you get to that point let me copy your save file so that I can just start <laughs> from it <laughs> no, 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 the I, most, I don't really know all these Final Fantasy games anyways but the like, most the most yeah. fun that I had with Final Fantasy X was actually playing it on Switch and I'm 100% sure I've mentioned this before but it's because I wanted to go through the process of like getting all the ultimate weapons, doing all, like, all like the, the bonus like, side stuff. And then I realized in the international version, which is on the Switch, they release all of like the, the super bosses, the dark aeons. And I couldn't actually go back and get your main character super weapon until I beat Dark Bahamut. And then I, I got myself locked out of almost everyone's super weapon. 
except for Rico. She ended up being the only character who could actually break the damage limit. So then I had to like go through this whole process of going into a side dungeon where like Marlboro's uh, spawn, and you can actually gain some decent experience in there using pretty much only Rico and two people tagging along so I could build up the materials to make custom weapons in the arena by beating super bosses in there so I could actually have other characters break the damage limit. And then start to go beat up dark aeons, Jeez. and it became like this whole like it, it took dozens what of hours. What happened? How did you get yourself locked out of them? Uh, because dark aeons spawn, super bosses will will spawn, and I didn't know if they like ended up in these places that directly block your path from getting. I, I could have gotten them earlier, but I thought, eh, I'll just go back and get them later, and. I got to the point where, like, no, now you can't go back and get them until you beat these super bosses. Oh, shit. Yeah. And it was intense. And I actually had a really good time, like, just going through the arena to fight these things, to grind for items, to build weapons, so I could finally go and beat these things. That's funny. Well, no, I remember it being like, fun. Like, then the whole trying to get the butterflies mm-hmm. or trying to dodge the butterflies, that one was kind to of this frustrating. Day, I still haven't done that. Now, dodging the yeah, butterflies, butterflies is a bit tough because like the, the controls are a bit finicky. Like if you're trying to be really precise, the and it's chocobo hard to read the map. Mm, yeah. The the chocobo race always gave me a hard time. Nine times out of ten, Wes had to do it for me. Yeah, I don't remember that one being too bad. And the lightning strike was just kind of tedious, but mm. you know, doable. I sucked at the lightning strike. The lightning strike and the butterflies are the only two ones that no walkas. The reason why I never got walkas is the one time I was like, I'm going to get walkas. It never spawned in the tournaments. Yeah. And so I just couldn't fucking do it. I was yeah, like, all right, screw it. I've gone through these tournaments seven times. I'm done. Like, yeah, you're, you're at the mercy of the RNG <laughs> gods for that one. Yeah. But like the the one through six pixel remaster, like uh, Final Fantasy One, interesting piece of history. Uh, I recommend playing it. Um, you know, I, I do actually want to play through one because I've watched you play this, and it's interesting the way that you can build your characters and everything like that. And it's not a very long game either. No. You get through like in uh, less than twenty hours. Final Fantasy Two, uh, Final Fantasy like has has this tradition of never being the same as the game before it, and it was like that from the very beginning. Final Fantasy Two, you have like your three bespoke party members and like oh someone who will rotate through, like, like a guest party member. And you're building your stats by the actions you're performing in a fight. If you attack, you're building your attack stat. If you get hit, you're building your HP. If you're using magic, you're building your magic stat. And one of the ways that uh, you can um, actually build up your stats early on in the game is actually attacking your own party members, which is why it's earned the moniker Stop Hitting Yourself the Game. Final Fantasy III, they introduced the job system. It's just kind of a vanilla game. Uh, Final Fantasy IV is the first game they released on the Super Nintendo as Final Fantasy II. This is when they started getting into the more like narrative-heavy stuff. You have uh, characters who have their bespoke pla- classes, and they're going to have different scripted moments where characters are going to enter and leave your party. That's a really good one. Which was the one where you had the one guy, and then he becomes like the Dark Dragoon or something like that? Mm, Kane. Kane. That was Final Fantasy IV. That was four. Okay, I played a bit of that until I hit the Magnetic Cave. Mm. And then you told me how to do it, and I didn't do it, and I yeah, moved you, on. <laughs> unequip everything and rely on uh, just uh, brute strength and Edward the Bard. Um, and Final Fantasy V, another game where they reintroduced the job system. This one's gained a lot of popularity over the past several years uh, because people do challenge runs in this game. Can, like, can you beat this game only using like these specific classes? And then Final Fantasy VI... Uh, it kind of melds the 
job system with bespoke character classes by being able to equip different uh, summons throughout the game to give you different uh, types of skills, types of magic, and ways to to buff up or build certain stats. Okay, so this is kind of where eight got their idea. Yeah, sort of. Sort of. Uh, except you're not entirely reliant on any sort of summon to do any sort of damage in battle the way you end up in, in eight. But yeah, uh, Final Fantasy VI, really, really good. It's also where they started melding like the the medieval high fantasy aesthetic with more modern stuff. You see a lot of that continued on in seven. Yeah, uh, I really like these games. It's okay that you don't, Ryan. We can still be friends. Can we though? No. But, but John, <laughs> we'll always like he doesn't like Xenoblade. We'll always have Contra. <laughs> we will always have Contra and Mario World. Uh, let's see. Uh, really quick here. Um, we already mentioned Shadows of Lo- Overloathing, Tesla Grad Two. Those came out uh, when they did the Indie Direct. Advance Wars Reboot Camp, you guys. Nice. Advance Wars is finally out. We had to wait a year and a half for it. Um, Thanks, Russia. Um, I, I finished uh, the campaign of the first game. I'm still messing around in the war room. Something that they do that's really nice. Um, and, and Ryan, this might mean more to you than, than does to Wes. Is yeah, you have the war, you, you have the war room and Advance Wars one and two. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this one, they just combine them. So oh, okay. when you select the campaign, that's when you select the campaign of one or two to go through everything else, like on your main menu, your 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 collectibles, your shop, your your war room. It's all just all the content in one space. Oh, that's fantastic. That's yes. Yeah. So it's less like messing around with menus. And I think there's just a ton of maps within uh, the, the war room. Uh, so the, the the campaign, especially in Advance Wars 1, works a lot like a tutorial, even like in deep into the, the campaign. Um, of just like how to use certain units, just kind of like prepping you for the war room where you're taking on all these different uh, challenge maps. And the thing that I really like about Advance Wars is it's just so finely tuned. Every single War Room map that I've played, it's always felt like I'm up against the wall right from the start. Um, The opposing side always has more resources available. They're able to create units faster. They're usually able to get to like the middle of the map faster so they can start like taking over more territories faster and i've played through a bunch of maps at this point where i'm starting out like how the hell am i going to win this thing and it just seems like uh, you're you're it's really stacked against you you know i don't beat every map on the first time through but every map that i've been able to finish eventually you get you finally get to the point where it's about to tip into your favor and then when it finally does you're able to to really build the momentum and if you're able to finally like get it over to a you you have a majority of the properties you're able to build better units than your opponent then it really starts to to get rolling and you feel like you're you're doing well like the route ensues right right and it's it's not like a foregone conclusion okay uh now i'm definitely going to win it, it feels that way but you still gotta be paying attention um but it's it's definitely like this good feeling of you've finally like even the odds, and you actually have a fighter's chance now. And it's it is a very you know delicate formula you have to have when you think of the composition of like your team, your mm-hmm. units, and what you're going to invest your money in because it's very easy to just accidentally overinvest in the wrong thing. Yeah, you know, and then you know your opponent goes another direction, and then you're like you just don't have any answers for it. Like you invest too much in MD tanks, and then that's when they decided to 
control the air. Yeah. You know, or like you invest too much anti-air, and then that's when they go with medium tanks, and it's like, all right, well. Yeah, because the and the, the AI is pretty good at reacting to the things that you were doing and trying to uh, uh, come up with kind of strategies to counter you. A couple of times in uh, in some of the maps that uh, that I've done, I've been able to uh, tip the balance into my favor by sort of baiting them with a soft underbelly, like they're they're naval units. Mm-hmm. And usually, unless you start building your own navy the opponent seems to to hardly ever do the same except for building landers. And they'll just try to take landers up near your base so they can try to go capture your HQ. And a couple of times on different maps, I've been able to sort of uh, bait them into thinking like, hey, his base is exposed. He's moved all his forces over toward the other side to try to capture uh, the, the middle ground. Let's sneak up and try to grab his HQ. But... I knew they were going to try that, so I just had some funds in waiting to just spawn a bunch of units right near my base, right when I knew that they were going to try to land something. And, and, and once, um, so something that I've noticed is once they start that strategy, they don't give up on it. Mm-hmm. So even though then I had like some a, a, a sufficient amount of forces guarding my base, they were still trying to land units in there. So like, well, this is a great way for them to waste some of their funds on something that's a lost cause and allow me to build momentum on the, on the front lines. Yeah. Um, I, I was, there's a lot of good ways to do that, just kind of to exploit them. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about that with like the, the, the ion tanks or whatever they are, or like the medium tanks that you get in the game, where it's like, if those things cost like 16k to produce, like, how many shots do they have? They got like six shots. Mm-hmm. Like, six infantry costs 6,000. If you just burn out their ammunitions on just having them shoot infantry over and over and over again, it's oftentimes good just to use pawns. You treat them like pawns. Mm-hmm. You know, have them just sort of soak up the front line damage. Take those hits early on. Like, it can really... It's a good thing you're not a general in the army. The, there were... <laughs> Commanding it's, it's real a, troops. There were a, a ton of a ton of maps. It's at them. They're cheap. <laughs> their lives are cheap. There are a ton of maps where just being able to produce a lot of uh, mechs, which are the little bazooka inventory, mm-hmm. just being able to produce a lot of them saved my butt because they'll take a hit a little bit better than your standard infantry unit and they'll dish out a little bit more damage. Uh, and also their their mobility is smaller, but they're not as affected by terrain, so they can move over mountains a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just being able to keep on throwing them into the front line, they're sturdy enough to where they could be enough of a distraction and actually be able to advance a little bit, uh, as long as they're not being taken out by too many range things. Um, and it, it's... Uh, there is a sort of a, a, a dissonance if you care about such thing. I've heard other podcasts talk about this sort of thing. The things that you're referring to, Wes, where you know they, they, the infantry units are like represented as like people, and you're sending a lot of these things to die. You're, you're they don't using, die. They don't die. They bounce back. They right, go right. home. You don't see a drop of blood in this game. That, that's sleep. the thing. Yeah, you you exactly. don't see corpses falling on the ground. You just see them get blown away. They're obviously like mattresses back there that they can land on, and they have to go home. They've been like shot and like with the paintballs. So, and now they so we're LARPing here. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. And it is it is funny because like they're these these countries are at war with each other they're they're fighting but then like the commanding officers will like talk and banter with each other and also like they all sort of know each other and they're like sending their recruits out into the front lines to blow each other up with tanks and bombers and such. Um, it, it does treat war with a bit of levity. Um, I, I 
don't particularly care. I find it kind of funny that they're they're so lackadaisical about the, the combat they're engaging in. I mean, I don't know. It's it's Is a tactics game. Get mad at Fire Emblem? Like no, no one gets decapitated in Fire Emblem, to my knowledge. Nobody gets brutally roasted by dragon fire in a medieval sense. You know, none of that happens. Like, I, th- I think there's there's a sort of like bias toward. Uh, that because it's not like modern warfare, it's not like things you like recognize as people using in warfare now. I, I, I think it is silly to take no any, any yeah, sort no of like one, seriousness from this game. No one's mad at Wargroove for doing the same thing. Mm. Would it have been better if they fast forwarded this thing three hundred years and everyone's in like making shooting fucking space lasers at each other or something? Like, is that better? Maybe. Does that s- <laughs> satisfy the uh, offend people's delicate sensibilities? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. People were getting. You were reading reviews of people that were a little squeamish to the idea of, of using actual I, I th- in battle. I think squeamish, um, not because of the idea, but like the way they, they didn't want to sound like they were treating combat and people dying as a joke, like this game kind of treats it. Like it, it but it's a video game, fellas. Come on, like okay. it's the. It was like a difference between like their sensibilities being offended because it's war, and their de- their sensibilities being offended because it was silly war. Um, I, I don't know. It, it's it's a tactics game. You treat it. Do you want to win? You got to treat it tactically. Yeah. They're they're not real people. You're not sending real people to die. You're not, this isn't like the last Starfighter or anything. This is. It's like playing an Ender's game here. I've always thought of this as like. Chess meets Monopoly. Mm. Like, I don't think of this... I, I, maybe it's never really computed to me that what I'm looking at is supposed to be 21st century warfare. Like, this isn't Counter-Strike. Right. It's fucking chess. Yeah. It's chess where you have in-game currency to buy knights and rooks and bishops. Like, it's it's a strategy game. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry if people feel that way about it. I'm sorry if they, they can't can't disconnect this game from real life warfare which happens but okay but but you should you should be able to separate fantasy from reality this isn't like mexican cartel simulator or anything right like, this isn't that bad but again, yeah, it's, again a, it's all it's all very bubbly and cartoonish it, it's like a like a like metal slug is worse hmm. like metal slug would be far worse than what we see here maybe that's why metal slug tactics hasn't come out yet no it should though yeah by um Visual style, I, th- I think it's really nice looking. The, the character models are all really good. Very faithful to the original, but also looking really, really nice. Mm-hmm. Yep, uh, definitely high res. I've heard some things about like some some frame rate issues. I have not experienced any, but it's not like frame rate issues would affect the gameplay for this game at all. There is a fast forward button, which is really nice because some, like you have to watch the animations of all the units rolling up on each other and attacking every single time. It would be nice if they could just set it to default fast forward rather than having to hold a button to do it. Have you hit unit capacity? No. I forget what it is. Was it 25? No, I've, I've definitely 30? produced more than that. Maybe uh, 40. I don't remember maybe it depends on the map. Yeah. Um, it, all of the uh, the different factions of the game, their units are going to look slightly different from each other. Uh, you can, of course, tell what they are just by just, like hovering over them with your cursor. Sometimes it does get a little bit confusing to just like quickly out of visual tell which unit is which, especially like the, the the regular tanks and the recon units. If you're zoomed out far enough, it can be a little bit tough to discern mm-hmm. the two of them. Uh, but but it's something that you eventually adjust to. 
the little character models for the infantry units, uh, rather than being like uh, little animated 2D sprites, they look more like toy models, which I guess just goes along with the... the are they big models, or are they... They're, they're little models. Oh. <laughs> um, I hate you both. But they, they look like, like toys, like little army men toys. So I, I, maybe that just goes along with like the general aesthetic of the game. Like, this isn't serious, it's not real. Not even the, the infantry characters look like real people. They are uh, different skin tones. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's so much better. <laughs> Which, as, as opposed to like, uh, I like that a racially diverse mix of people are dying. Is, is there <laughs> men and women in here? Not that I've noticed, but to be fair, well, Nell's a CO. Nell is a CO. Sammy is a CO. Mm-hmm. Sonia. Yeah. There's quite a few. Yeah, but women are allowed on the front line. <laughs> they might be driving the tanks. We don't know. Mm-hmm. No way to tell. But uh, the, the infantry Living drivers. <laughs> 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 You bitch. <laughs> well, that's going to wrap up this show. Jeez. Uh, you can edit that out. I mean, it's fine. I will not. <laughs> so, yeah, big thumbs up. I really like this game. I'm going to start the second campaign probably in a few days here. I might just tinker around with the war room, maybe take a break from it before I start up the next one. Um... I was actually surprised in the campaign by the ratio of missions where you can actually produce units to the uh, missions where you can't. I feel like the slight majority of missions, you were actually just given a squad and said, figure this out, as opposed to being given like a base where you can make more units and clash with an enemy in the middle of the battlefield. Well, probably part of it is that they want you to be resourceful mm. and they want you to think of all of the options. Mm-hmm. You know, when you have like that kind of finite unit composition, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely makes you do that. That's definitely part of it. And when we started, I was talking about how the the campaign tutorializes a lot up until, you know, we were late in the campaign and a lot of it is like, okay, this is how here's a mission where you're going to use air units and here's how you're going to deal with those and here they are in fog of war and here's a mission where you have to make sure that there's one particular unit survives for uh, this amount of turns and then you're done with it. In this mission you just have to capture the most uh, buildings and those ones um, got me a couple of times because I'm speeding through the text because I don't give a shit about what's happening let's just fight and they'll tell you on so this, you don't even care why your men are dying or <laughs> don't give a shit <laughs> just, get, just get out there and protect my tanks <laughs> um, I'll, I'll like by, by the time I got like 15-16 missions in I would always have to check the terms because I lost a couple missions because the enemy captured 16 buildings before I did mm-hmm. but like a lot of what you're saying it, that has to go with like the resource management they're trying to teach you that it's important to get these buildings because you're going to build up resources faster and therefore be able to produce an army faster. Really good game. I'm looking forward to getting into the second one. I remember the uh, the second game being much harder, especially at the end of the end game. The final mission of the second one um, was one where when I started, like, how the hell am I even going to finish this thing? And is that the one with all of, like the tubes you got to break? Or like all the pipelines that you got to break? I think, that was, I think that was Dual Strike. Oh, okay. But that, that was another one where, geez, that to we, we, when we were playing this game a couple of weeks ago, uh, we were like tag team a battle, and we we would mention like it'd be really nice to just like just an auto advance. Like okay. you've you've positioned like at your front lines, you've done all your work, and now you just want to move your 
rear units closer to the front, but you got to go through every individual one and move them. Yeah. It'd be nice if they automated something like that. Uh, the, the final mission in uh, this one, uh, it, do, it does that thing where you know you have your, your three different armies and you're controlling them all, but they're not all sharing resources. Um, kind of, and, and it's another one where they did a really great job of making it seem like that you, you didn't have like a, a fighting chance in this battle. You were, you were really fucked. Um, but you know you keep at it long enough, and you you know you're you're producing the right units and positioning the right way, and you eventually break through. But even um, even after you like you get uh, a control over the majority of the resources in the fight, the final boss has a a co power where he does a, a meteor smash. It's like it, it ends up doing I think it's like a five by five. Uh, radius in the grid or it might be a diamond shape I, I forget exactly what the area of effect of this attack is but he does an area of effect attack which anything caught within that area gets taken down to 2 HP Ugh. which makes them almost useless except if you have a bunch you can combine together mm-hmm. and there are ways that you know you can bait uh, he's, he's always going to go for where he can do the most damage so you can kind of bait his attacks in certain places but it's one where you know, you you feel like you're advancing. He gets his CO power, and then you have to regroup and maybe pull back a little bit, and then readvance, and hopefully you can make a, gain a little bit more ground before he gets his next power ready. Mm-hmm. But in that one, I took uh, Andy, and then Grit, of course, and Eagle were my three final COs. I like Grit. He is pretty awesome. I did play uh, in one of the war rooms. I thought he was a little overpowered. Honestly, and in certain situations, like definitely, like if you're on equal footing and you can just kind of build some rockets, um, it, it it makes it easier to turn the tide and get a majority uh, control over the map. Mm-hmm. I played a map where I was against Eagle. I tried playing as yeah. Grit, and I got my butt kicked just because um, you needed to be able to move quickly because Eagle already had a majority of uh, or, or or plurality of the, the, the buildings, and there were a bunch of neutral ones. Um, and uh, Grit just isn't able to um, defensively hold up in close combat, and the 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 front lines of the war were too far to where I could get ranged units over there quickly. There but, was one specific, I remember, um, <coughs> where it's like Grit is in the northeast of the map, and he's got these giant mountain range that kind of surrounds him and there's like two narrow passages to get in there and it is one of the just most obnoxious Mm. maps to have to play because you're on the outside you're just trying to break in you're trying to get your troops in there so you can get to these tanks but he's always got so much artillery and like Mm -hmm. the way that he uses just those 6,000 unit kind of many ones like everyone loves the 15k ones that have the crazy range but it's like because of his powers like even those short range ones are like Really, really powerful. Yeah, yeah. His his standard artillery has the same range as everyone else's rockets. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's crazy. Uh, anyway, that that's enough about Advance Wars. Really like it. Huge thumbs up. Um, a few other games came out in the month of April. After Image, really nice looking two D side scrolling Castlevania kind of game. Trinity Trigger. We already mentioned the Xenoblade Future Redeem DLC. Aliens Fireteam Elite came out yesterday at time of recording, as well as Omega Strikers and Picross S9. If you're looking for a puzzle game, Picross, highly recommend. Very, very cool game. But yeah, those are the April games. 
Uh, a lot busier of a month than uh, than we had expected it to be. I think when we did a show in March, we were talking about you know April being a bit lighter of a month. Quite a few games came out, but May looks like it's going to be a lighter month. We'll see how that works out. Only uh, only three games that uh, I noticed worth mentioning: uh, Dogemon Kingdom Connect. Yes. Where's You're welcome, by the way, everyone. You got your copy pre-ordered. I build this game into existence. Mm-hmm. You got your copy pre-ordered. You gonna no. you gonna just get download it day of or something? I don't know. I don't even know where to get this. Who's gonna carry this? I don't know. You can just I get it digitally. I mean, is there gonna be a physical release? I don't fucking know. There, there is a physical release. Yes. Oh. Yeah. All right, Amazon. Dear, I doubt I get them in, in Target. There's no way on earth I'm gonna get it in Target. Make it a copy just for you. Uh, they, they better. It <laughs> wouldn't be mine. Uh, let's see. There, there's a game um, that I talked about. I think about a year back. Fuga Millage of Steel is a bunch of uh, animal kids in big tanks, and they have to sacrifice each other in order to use their big soul gun. Dear God, that this one, game. That one's getting a sequel. It's coming out on May 10th. Uh, um, I'm, I'm probably not going to get that one or put it on the wish list. The, the first one was a lot of rinse and repeat the same stuff over and over again for like. I watched one of the cinematics of like the first time you fire the gun, and it's like. The saddest thing in the world, because oh, yeah. like the kid's gone and the hat sing and the chair, like where did he go? And you're like, dear God, like, yeah, it's a, they, they don't launch this kid into oblivion. Like, yeah, they, they don't they don't realize that he sacrificed himself until later on in the game. Like, oh, he fired himself out of our big gun, and that's <laughs> why we won the fight. And then that uh, that Zelda game mm-hmm. was on the twelfth. Yeah, more. You guys, yeah. gonna, you guys gonna get anything? Yeah. Like that now? yeah. I might. It's tough for me because that comes out what the twelfth. Yeah, I wasn't going to, and then I saw Mushroom Shield, and now I'm on board. Like it's ten out of ten, perfect game. Yeah, I want to attach a fish to a sword and Who beat doesn't? somebody with a fish sword. Yeah, I think that'd be great. Right. Make yeah. sushi whilst murdering my enemies. It looks like there's going to be like partner characters at a certain point in the game. Like characters from the first game will team up with you to do certain things. That'll be fun. So they're running around with Sidon, the, the fish guy, and. He's a Zora. And um, what's the what's the name of the Gerudo girl? I don't remember her name. Naburu? Naburu was yeah, in... Naburu, yeah. uh, no, she was in uh, Ocarina of Time. Oh, was she? Yeah. Oh, fuck. What was that girl's name, then? Doesn't matter. Urbosa was, like, the grown-up version. Like the, the, oh, yeah, the, it was the, Urbosa. The, no, Urbosa was the divine warrior um, who had died. Oh, um, you're talking about, the like, the, the one that gave you the, the helmet. Yeah, 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 oh, the, yeah. The younger one. Who cares? She did nothing but sit on the throne. She's going to do some stuff. She did the seal race, the sand seal race with you. Oh, yeah. She did other things. Yeah, I forgot about that race. Anyway, Ryan, you were saying? Oh, yeah. I'm actually out of town, like, for two weeks straight mm-hmm. <laughs> this coming month. So I get back into town at, like, 8 o'clock on the 12th. Oh, nice. So then also, mind you, it is Mother's Day that Sunday. And it's oh, my girlfriend's true. birthday the day after that. Oh, shit. Okay. So, like, I probably will not be able to touch this game until maybe... We'll tell you how it is. A week <coughs> later. I got a friend of yeah. mine who uh, got birthday money specifically to buy the OLED Zelda Switch. And he's going to be there at 8 o'clock tomorrow because they come out tomorrow to grab one. Nice. Because we had six of them in. So, you know, they're shiny. They're very pretty. Yeah, they look good. I... I Wish I could justify buying one because they are very pretty. Mm. But uh, you know, you you deserve it. No, treat yourself. I'm not buying that. Treat yourself. It's pointless. I have a switch. It works fine. Yeah, me too. Never be done. Oh, nice. To, uh, I think it'd be nice to get an OLED. 
Because I use mine in uh, in handheld fairly frequently. I heard they get hot. Is that yeah? Hmm. I hadn't heard that. Yeah. Um, I think we're uh, getting toward the end here. Yeah. Anything else we need to talk about? I don't think so. You guys, see any uh, any good movies? I've seen a bunch of movies lately, actually. Yeah. Since I've I've had some time off, since I just got a new job, I am between jobs currently, so spend a lot of time at the movie theater. So, I already told you guys, but I watched Suzumi, which is an anime film, which is really, really good, by the guy that made Your Name, which is also a really good anime film. Uh, I saw Renfield, that new movie. I want to see that. It's good. It's really, really good. Uh, it's It's got just a pitch-perfect amount of funny with the over-the-top gore in it. Um, gosh, I saw Air, that sort of docudrama about mm-hmm. signing Michael Jordan. Um which is really entertaining, really, really good. But it, you know, it's totally justified if somebody wants to say it's a ninety-minute commercial for Nike. Um, what else did I say? I saw Evil Dead Rise, which was sick. It was so good. It's really gross, but really, really enjoyable. I liked it a lot. Um, is that one? Was it called Sisu? Uh, Sisu. Yeah, yeah. It's a Finnish film, um, which is kind of like. I mean. Uh, I guess you could think of it as maybe like a John Wick film if John Wick was like oh I thought that sentence was going in another direction what you said it's a Finnish film which is kind of like Sweden (laughs) (laughs) oh no 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 it's 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 sort of in the vein of like a John Wick revenge thing I Hmm. guess if it if instead of it being John Wick it's like a a gold prospector killing Nazis okay Um, (laughs) so Ron DeSantis really gritty really gritty yeah, um, I like the. I like the, He's a silent protagonist, so he has literally one line in the whole fucking movie. So prepare yourself for that. Um, and yeah, just it's really, really a gruesome film. There's a lot of a lot of violence in it. So, you know, brace for impact. It's a pretty gross movie. Um, yeah, like I mean, like Evil Dead Rise. The gore is so over the top. Um, that you just kind of have to sort of applaud it for its its gruesomeness. And then, like, you know, Renfield is just cartoonish. Again, like a Deadpool movie would be. Mm. Uh, but Sisu is, like, it, it manages to just be really just nasty and violent and, and strives for realism. So, it's good, though. I liked it. It's no a, grabbing somebody's intestines, intestines to jump out the window and swing down to the bomb fort. That movie was so dumb. Uh, they're actually I'm so mad they never did the third. There is a part where he his guts get opened up on his side <coughs> and like he pours gasoline on it and then lights it on fire oh to God. sort of like okay. uh, yeah to cauterize <laughs> the wound. Like there is just so much body horror in it uh, of just like you know just him stapling his body back together so he can keep going. Because that's the, there's this whole question in the air of like whether or not this guy is like a magical, violent Santa Claus, or if he's just like this real dude who's just like just getting turned into burger. Mm. You know, um, it was it was it was cool though. It was I you're, super low budget. I don't know why, but you're saying about putting his body back together and just maybe think of the the. The philosophical discussion of my grandfather's axe. Like, at yeah. what point does it stop being my grandfather's axe? Mm. At what point is this no longer my body? Like, it. <laughs> did, they, did they ever uh, address that with Wolverine? Like, if he like lops his arm off or something and he attaches it, is that still Wolverine or is that the arm of Wolverine? Does he grow yeah, a new arm? He, like, will he regrow yeah. limbs? He will regrow limbs. Yeah, he he can. 
regrow himself from like uh, minimal like cells. He can regrow himself. Um, and so that the adamantine, if it's well, the the, the adamantium that's covering his skeleton, um, as long as like something of of himself left a single cell, he can probably regrow himself from that uh, after a while. Um, when he does like a, a intense regeneration like that, it kind of fucks with his his healing power, and he'll uh, lose it or be diminished for a while, and a new writer will come along and fix him. But yeah, he can regrow limbs, but it's it's tough to, uh, especially when he's got the adamantium. It's tough to remove his limbs because he's got unbreakable bones, and you can like remove all the flesh from his arm, and he'll regrow the flesh of his arm. But he still have the. Magneto's done that a few times. Mm, he well, yeah he uh, that was that was a thing that happened in uh, the early nineties with the they called they call the event fatal attraction. A couple of different things happened, but one of the things that happened was like, Matt, Michael Douglas just burst through the door. Michael Bug- <laughs> Douglas burst through the door. Magneto's so outraged by this that he rips the metal off of Wolverine's body, yes. and that's one of the things that um, uh, it, it diminishes Wolverine's healing power, <coughs> healing power for a time, but then his healing power goes into overdrive because it's used to always having to to work in some way to keep him from dying from adamantium poisoning. So then it, it like it um, it makes him go feral. He goes off and like starts living in the woods and like starts looking a bit more like a werewolf. And then a new writer comes along and is like, never mind, I'm not gonna worry about that anymore. So they put the adamantium back into his body? So he gets the adamantium put back into his body. Uh when uh, it's it's thought that he is dead, they, they they kill him off in quotes, but it was never intended to like remove that character. Like it immediately got retconned or resolved because it wasn't him that was dead; it was a, a scroll. And like when he died, like oh my god, Wolverine's dead. a scroll. But within like the same pages, it was like oh wait, that's not Wolverine; that's a scroll. Where's the real real Wolverine? And it turned out he had become a horseman of Apocalypse, and Apocalypse took the adamantium from Sabretooth and gave it to Wolverine. I didn't know Sabretooth had adamantium. He got it after Wolverine lost his adamantium, and it was like ah, now the tables have turned. I got the adamantium now. Yeah. Didn't last long. Anyway, it's almost like they're making it up as they go along. <laughs> it's it like they're making it up as they go. <laughs> but yeah, uh, really cool. Sounds like there's a, a solid lineup of, of movies available to see. Also, yeah, uh, Bo is Afraid is out. The, hmm. the director that made was it Ari Aster, the guy that made Heredity, his or Hereditary. His his new movie is out, starring Joaquin Phoenix. Okay, supposed to be very good. Supposed to be very weird. So I want to see that. It's also three hours long. Oh shit! So I don't know. If, it's yeah. like Scorsese long. Yeah, I mean, I I, I've, been, I've been sneaking in. To, I've been packing, of course, my gummy bears and my peanut butter pretzels along with my, you know, cherry coke as yeah. I go to the theaters. It's a three-hour movie. Like, I need to pack some, some more snacks. I think. <laughs> right. To really get through this feature. Pull like, out, a, like a whole. In a jar to pee turkey. Like, yeah. <laughs> 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 like a whole older gets out of his bib. <laughs> uh, but hey, guy. Enjoy all the uh, all the content while it lasts, because we might be coming up on a writer's strike. Oh, for real? Yeah. But maybe that's a time capsule for another time. Yeah. Next up's going to be the Pokemon show. It's going to be me and Wes. Unless Ryan wants to call in, but, you know, if you don't want to call in your vacation, just understand It's that. not a vacation. It's right. my first two weeks. i got to work remotely. Right, right, right. It right. sucks. 
But yeah, yeah, uh, I probably I probably won't be able to. I'll probably just be focused on on work while I while I'm there doing it. You and me, John, pulling hands. Yeah, we'll come up with something. What are you guys gonna talk about? Um, I'll give you some notes. Fairy, if you fairy want to types. Talk about Pokemon don't, don't want the fairy types. There you go. Fairy types. I don't know. I'll figure it out. <coughs> you guys can still work through the remainder of the list. That's true. We can knock out a few more of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's starting to feel like feel like a chore. <laughs> oh, we're getting we're getting close about to the end. Italian terror raids that's going on oh is that something that's happening right now I've yeah. totally fallen off all the terror raids yeah same here I was like I'm gonna keep up with it mm-hmm. um, and then we'll do a mini show we'll talk about some other stuff Well, you guys have fun yeah but you'll be back for the retro show right which is great yeah because that's kind of my favorite one anyways that's so. perfect timing yeah Wes's favorite too mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> I need to get my nap somewhere I mean <laughs> So the Eminem show came out, so listen to that album for sure. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, watch Attack of the Clones. <laughs> we'll fucking, we'll chat. <laughs> we'll watch Attack of the Clones and Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. That's it. End of podcast. So long. Bye-bye.